Good morning, everyone. Wednesday, 9 a.m. It's the fourth episode of the Here to Tim Pot 2 podcast. And this one is a little bit different because uh, within this podcast, we want to talk about a specific book. And this is a very powerful book. Um, and I would recommend that if you haven't read this book, you read it because it is a fantastic, if not harrowing, education of the cruelty of human beings. And the setting was in World War II uh, in 1942. Um, and the book is called Ordinary Men. It's written by Christopher Browning. And it follows a very short period, 16 months, very short period in terms of the length of the war, of Reserve Police Battalion 101 and the final solution in Poland. I'm just going to read something just to set the scene here to give you the gravitas of um, this book and the power of it. And the synopsis says, the chilling analysis of how a typical unit of German police, so these are not soldiers, German police actually operated during the Holocaust. In 1942, March, 75 to 80% of all of the victims of the Holocaust were still alive. As 80% of the people that died in the Holocaust were still alive in March, 1942. 11 months later, so less than a year later, 80% were dead. The result, Browning says, a short, intense wave of mass murder centered in Poland. During the 16 months, Reserve Police Battalion 101, a unit of just 450 men from Hamburg, was responsible in Poland for shooting 39,000 Jews and deporting 44,000 to the death camps. Now, if that doesn't set the scene for the um, shocking revelations that are in this book, um, I don't know what is. That, that, that opening scene there um, is broken down over the course of, I think it's three to 400 pages. And uh, I read this book. It was recommended um, by Jordan Peterson. Uh, I remember reading Jordan Peterson's book. And he talks about uh, the nudge theory. So if you wanted to get somebody to do something shocking, um, you don't say to them, and, and this is uh, what I'm going to talk about is very hard hitting. So uh, this, please take that in mind. This is from book, from the book. So you don't go to someone to say, Monday, you, you're filing reports, and on Tuesday, you're shooting a family. That just doesn't work. What, what the book explains in very graphic detail is that nudge methodology of coming a little bit close to the point that you start to protest, then you pause, you wait, stay where you are, and then when they stop protesting, you move a little bit closer, protest again, then you wait, and you pause. And the German war machine did that to these policemen, which then ultimately led them to slaughter directly 39,000 people and indirectly 44,000 to the death camps. Um, and for me, Sharon, when I read this book, um, it, it got me angry and sad um, in, in a lot of ways because I've got children, I'm married, you've got children, you're married. Um, 
and one of the things that I took away from it is when I, whenever I've watched anything to do with the Second World War, you instantly think, or should I say, sorry, I instantly think, I shouldn't assume anybody else listening or watching this, I instantly thought about soldiers. So actual soldiers in the trenches um, doing the, the, the fighting. That's, when I, that's what I think about when um, I, I think of World War II. And I honestly thought that it was soldiers that was killing people in the Holocaust. But it wasn't. It was police. So what would happen is the Germans would move into areas. The German soldiers would move into areas. They would occupy it. Then the actual infantry units would move on. And it would be police battalions, in this case, Battalion 101, that would then occupy that area, and then they would split people up into um, workers, um, and then some people would live in the ghetto. Um, this is all part of the, the final solution. But it wasn't the actual soldiers that was doing the killing. It was, as the book is called, ordinary men. And I just want to set the scene here, Sharon, because there's a, the opening chapter of the book talks about a, 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 a specific episode that, that kicked it all off, and it was July 13th, 1942. They rounded up um, their 450 men in Police Battalion 101, pulled up to a village where there were 1,800 Jews in this village. And by this time, they hadn't been captured. They're just, they're just living in a village. Um, and the policemen didn't know what was happening that morning. They were just being normal policemen the day before. And they get bussed out into this area. It's very early in the morning. The sun is just turning Sort of like that that milky blue um, as, as they start to sort of um, get off their trucks. And their captain at the time, a chap called Trap, uh, Major Trap, sorry, um, gathered them round and gave them their assignment. And it says in the book, Trap gave the order with tears in his eyes in terms of what they had to do. And the job that they had to do was they had to select some work Jews and they defined work Jews of people who were able-bodied um, to work and help the war effort and give the permission to shoot the rest of the men and women and children who were not able to work. And he gave that order to ordinary men who the day before were just being policemen. They had families. Um, imagine that today. And it, it seems un favorable to think that that actually happened but imagine being told you've gone to work today it's wednesday um tomorrow morning you're brought somewhere and they go right okay now you're going to kill all these people it it, it beggars belief and, and, and there was this astonishing astonishing revelation wasn't the sharon in that point in that he actually gave permission for the soldiers to, to volunteer not to do it Mm. And I, I, when I read that bit, I thought, wow, imagine what must have been going through their minds at that moment. They don't really know each other very well at that point. So they haven't really built any strong bonds. But they're, they're I mean, they're a group of guys that you know, they're, they've got a mission to do. They've been given an order uh, and they've then been given an out. That's a difficult situation to be able to decide, OK, now, I don't want to kill people. I absolutely don't. But equally, I don't want to look like an idiot in front of the rest of the people. Or um, I remember reading in the book, um, I can't remember the specific word they said, but they were just like, you know, we didn't want to, we got the assignment, but um, we didn't want to look like cowards, that cowardly yeah. piece. 
Mm. Um, and, and, and to start with, I don't think it would have really sunk in as to what they had to do, what brutalities and um, emotions and you know, trauma for, for both sides was going to be um, put to them. And for those, you know, as you said there, they had, they had families, they had wives, they had children. Um, and to probably right to, to start with, they they weren't in that place where they'd had all those nudges which took them and, and that was how it was quite cleverly done i know we'll talk about this more but those nudges where they they used uh, the enemy and reminded them that all of these um you know th these uh families uh, that they were the other side were killing the german people so it kind of them going okay kind of tip for tap and they dehumanized them didn't they that was that was they the, did the, the, in the, the language they used to make them seem subhuman. I mean, I remember yeah. reading, um, what was fascinating is you had, it's that classic bell curve, isn't it? That yeah. um, you've got 10% who adamantly will not do it and and, and, and don't take part. And, and bear in mind, this is in Nazi Germany time. So for a soldier to say no, because you might be watching this now and listening to this now thinking, well, of course I would say no. This is this is 1942 Nazi Germany, and you're in that you're in the heart of the occupied land, and you're you're given an order and an hour, uh, and and for you to say no, I think that's very 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 brave um, for them men very. to say no to that. Um, and then you have the 80 percent in the middle who don't really want to do it, but they've got their job and they don't want to seem less macho, as they say, they don't want to seem weak, like a coward. Um, of course, they're going to pull the trigger. That's that. You know, that's my job. I, I need to do this. I'm helping the war effort. These people are killing my people, so I'm going to do that. Bear in mind, these people are children, women, old men, women. You know, they're not they're not killing anyone. And then you've got the ten percent on the other side who, which was which is even just as interesting, who actually enjoyed it, reveled in it, and got and got and got pleasure out of it. I mean, mm. one of the th one of the things that I found, Sharon, I'm just going to read this um, out because um, it was it, it's very powerful. So um, at the end of the war, they had the trials uh, and a lot of people were um, interviewed as a result of this. Bearing in mind, these trials happened in 1965. So the war had ended 20 years ago. Some of these happened in the early 40s and nothing was, all, well, it was heavily documented, which we'll get into, but that was all destroyed. Um, so you try to, if you're watching this now and you're, let's say you're 40, um, go back and remember something 20 years ago. Yes, you could probably imagine a, a, a terrible moment, but you you remember that in precise detail, difficult to do. But what I found was interesting was what this, sold, sorry, what this policeman said. So they're rounding up women and children, um, and the order is you take them to the square uh, in the village, and those that can work go over there. Women uh, and children and old people, you shoot the people who can't walk to the square on the spot, so where you find them in their house, you shoot them instantly. Uh, and this might be mothers and fathers. And this, this policeman says, I reasoned with myself that after all, without its mother, the child could no longer live. It was supposed to be, so to speak, shooting to my conscience to release the children unable to live. So what he's saying there is, I've killed that child's mother. I need to kill the child anyway. Um, I may as well kill the child because the child can't live without its mother. And that's, that's happened. That's not in a film. That is real life. And that was very powerful when I read that. I, I, think, I think I read that four or five times just to think that's how they rationalized the horror of what they were going through. 
and it was horror wasn't it it really was horror i remember that scene where they had to walk through the woods and they had to walk quite a long way with whole families and as a as a human you tend to naturally talk don't you when you're with somebody that those families would have been begging for their lives talking um i, th I think somewhere it said about making small talk by the time they've walked all the way and they know what's going on that those families know they're going for a reason <laughs> they and can the hear the noises the, the children don't have a clue no and then they've got to stand next to someone else no oh as it is pure horror and that's it's... the thing isn't it is they they walked them so they get to the place in the take them from the middle of the square they then drive them into the woods and they would each of the policemen would be assigned an individual or individuals uh, and yeah. bearing in mind that they're stood in front of this policeman completely naked. Um, yeah. This is man, women, and children. And and, and mm. sorry if this is upsetting people, but it, 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 this is the this is this is important to talk about because it, it, you shouldn't forget this. Um, and and they were so completely naked in front of these individuals, and they marched um, for a couple of kilometres into the woods where they were then shot. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but what I found um, really heartbreaking was. Um, the, the the advice they were given of, of how to shoot them so they, they turned them around they would place their bayonets on the base of their necks and pull the trigger but what was really hard for the policeman was the 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 mess that that would create as a result of shooting someone in the head and they would be the policeman would then come back down the hill head to toe in blood and then they would take the next people and there's, there's kids in, in, involved there and one of the things that I thought was mesmerizing was the um, aftercare well-being mechanisms mm. the German forces set up for the trigger pullers. So not the victims, mm. but the aftercare and the mental health procedures that were in place in 1942 to help these people deal with what they were doing. Yeah, they did really recognise that that needed to be. It was a it was an issue, wasn't it? That they needed to sort it out and be have a proper plan for it. Mm. And and what they they broke that process down, didn't they? So I I, I thought, well, what, why would you, why would you take part in this? Why would you do this? But that I mean, German efficiency um, in 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 the in, in the most horrible sense. But um, mm. everything was documented. Every part of the process was broken down so not one person owns that entire process. Um, everybody had a part to play, which means that everybody psychologically had a out. So yeah. I'm just playing my part in the cog, in the massive war machine. My job is to round these people up, put them here. Your job to then drive them out. It's my job to then take their clothes off. It's my job to then walk them out. And it's my job to pull the trigger. Not one person owned that entire thing. And then they rotated them, didn't they? So that's how they kept the sort of the, the mass killing up. And I don't know if Sharon, if you've seen the the talk from Jordan Peterson, where they say um, Germany could have won the war. Um, they, they 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 could have quite easily won the war if they didn't exterminate the Jewish people and they used them to fuel the war machine. But as Germany was losing the war they ramped up the mass killings to get it done quicker. And I, I don't understand the rationale for that. I mean, I've seen, I understand the, the sort of like thought process of why they want to do it. But it, if you're going to win a war, why would you not try to win the war first and then go back to doing what you're doing is as horrible as it is. But what, I don't understand 
the, 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 the drive to exterminate in such a way? In such a large volume over such a short period of time as well. I mean, it was that's what I really struggled to get my head around when I read the numbers, when I looked at all the, you know, the, the bit with the railway, all the trains going in and out, the huge volume of that and somebody having to logistically, someone's going to drive that train. Some, all of that stuff was just, the logistics was was just well horrendous for one word but but incredibly um amazing and fascinating to think of it in that way of how big this operation was and how long it went on for and the huge impacts of that across obviously the, the whole of the country and much much wider it was just massive a huge operation and as you say everybody had their their own kind of parts to play in all this so that mm. someone gave the command someone sorted the train someone did that someone did that but it was it was just huge the size of this and the expense of it as well mm. and and i remember reading that the, the 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 police battalions got very excited when the the um concentration camps got set up and was going because they were they were killing people on 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 a volume that bullets would never um would, would never match so it, they interestingly saved their own well-being because all they then had to do in their terminology was put them on a train they yeah. didn't have to then shoot them so once i put that person on that train my part of the process is done what happens on the other side that's got nothing to do with me so i can sleep with a guilt-free conscience bizarrely because this is the this is the part for me that 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 sort of stuck with me and it, and it still has to this day is they talk about the shadow don't they mm. and jordan peterson talks about this lots of people talk about this Jung spoke about it as well um they talk about your other self your shadow um and shadow and self yeah what jordan peterson does is in his lessons he 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 gets people and regresses them to a point where they understand that us humans are capable of unspeakable acts of evil if nudged and pushed in the right way. We are all capable of this. Because I remember him saying that he, he could envision himself marching a Jewish person up and down those concentration camps because he's indoctrinated himself in a way where his terminology, his thought process, the whole mantra of the country, everybody else around him is telling him that it's the right thing to do because you're doing it for the greater good. Mm. You can understand how that would push someone down that that path, and and, and those ten percent that didn't do it, I think they're the unique ones to go. I I, I didn't take part in this because I know it's wrong. Yeah, because there were some that when they're in that woods scene, just went off in the woods and hid, weren't they? And cried. And that, yeah, and the officers knew this and kind of just went, okay, I yeah, yeah that, I that's just the thing. Let them be. So they all knew it was wrong, didn't they? Because the, the officers are seeing soldier, sorry, seeing the, the policemen Please. walk off and not do it. Maybe one's pulled the trigger and then gone, no, 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 I can't do this. Um, others have gone, I'm not doing this. I'm not shooting women and children. And they've took themselves off. And again, this is in the height of Nazi Germany. They're, they're not being punished for that. They're, they're, they're sort of letting them step out, aren't they, and go... I, and, and that tells me that they know it's wrong. They know they well, shouldn't they, be doing this. They gave them three different outs, didn't they? The very first one uh, made a trap. And then twice more, they had the option across that period to say, no, I'm not doing it. Uh, though there was one, was it the firing squad, 
where they didn't have any um uh, it was just an order and for that reason yeah. they just all did it oh it's an order i don't have an out my rationale is it's an order i have to do it even though of course they mm. don't have to but yeah what was what was interesting you started this off really well it's the fact that they were policemen they'd gone in as policemen to protect people not to go and fight not to they didn't they chose that rather than to be on the front line or to to physically have to fight with somebody um mm. and yet they still ended up having to do that anyway that wasn't what they'd signed up to do but that's where they ended up well they say in the book at the end of it they say explaining is not excusing understanding is not forgiving so that's a very powerful point that isn't it is we we in 2021 um it is easy to look at this objectively and and and, and i, I uh, absolutely am appalled by what happened but um that line of understanding is not forgiving i do not forgive them for what they've done but i understand how that's happened um i do understand it but what was this, what was such a shame is um as germany was losing the war um, again they, they they obviously knew that this was wrong they destroyed so much evidence um around how they set up um this mass genocide and they and 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 they the ones that they did manage to find the allied soldiers and the investigation afterwards which again was 20 years after the fact um just showed you a very small pinprick into the efficiency of the german war machine everything everything was documented down to the gold teeth that they were removing every single thing was documented and that in some ways made the killing machine so efficient that's why they could kill so many people so quickly in that day and age you know there wasn't that modern technology modern welfare that we have now um they did it through um psychological warfare um by um dehumanizing their victims and i think it's fair to say victims um but also being extremely efficient in how they did it yeah, because I remember seeing in the book where it's the commercial aspect came into it. So I mentioned the logistics already, but you say that the commercial aspects of paying for you know, the weapons and the you know the 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 firepower, which is why they went. Yeah, you know, this is costing us too much money. We're going to have to do this mm. in a different way. Let's just pack them all onto trains and send them off where we can do this on mass. I mean, someone's well, physically got to make that decision. <laughs> Think well, about exactly. that. Someone's got to go. What, what's it costing me to shoot this person? And they, 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 it's a very good point, that Sharon, because there was a, there was that line in the book, or that sorry, that 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 that, that paragraph in the book um, that spoke about uh, when um, a police battalion would arrive to a ghetto, you would have the German officer there um, fighting very um, strongly with the police, not to take, as they classed it, their worker Jews. Um, because they were adding value to the war machine. Mm. You know, they were creating the garments, the bullets, the bombs, or whatever that might be to help fuel the effort. Because that was the, the, the whole point yeah. was to win the war. Um, so you could see some of the German uh, officers thinking, hang on, we've got a free workforce here. Why are we killing them when we could use them to help us win the war? Um, but unfortunately, they were they were overruled. It was it was the as they say, the Fuhrer's ultimate um uh, design his his final solution was was to get rid of them no matter if they were workers and then this is where the story started to come out of people um, german people helping jewish people escape 
you know, hide in the yeah. woods. They would hide in the woods for months and months and months. And then there was obviously Schindler's List, where we 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 know what happened there. If you've seen that film of him getting German people, uh, Jewish people, out of of harm's way, but that uh, that. The commercial aspect was in it, but in some ways they also didn't think commercially because if they were thinking 100% commercially, why would you kill off your workforce? You, you, you wouldn't. You would you would make sure they fueled the war effort. And then after the war, if you won, hopefully you would let them go. But I think we all know what would happen if they they, they won the war. Um, but they didn't do that. They, they they just kept on going, which was which was harrowing. And, and in the end, what was really sad is that very few people went to jail. Very few people were mm. trial for it. Um, you know, it was seen as, you know, war crimes and everything in between, but with the lack of evidence, a lack of people testifying, you know, a lot of people had got um, uh, PTSD as a result of what they'd done. I mean, obviously it wasn't classed as PTSD in the time in the sixties. Um, all the records were destroyed apart from a certain couple of names. Nobody, no, nobody went um, to jail. No, nobody really served any serious charges. It was um, a travesty. But, but the, the, I think if we take the lessons as hard as they are from ordinary men, we have to be very mindful and careful that we don't go down that route now. Um, you can see a lot of polarization within the UK, um, within certain segments of individuals, and we need to be careful that the lessons of the past I very much learn and, and applied um, uh, in here today. So I think, uh, I mean, Sharon, I don't know if you've got anything else to add to this, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to go into um, a very long podcast about this, but I think the book was so powerful for both of us. It, it just mm. needed to be spoken about. And if you have not read it, please read it. Um, you will get a lot from it. It is very sad but it's important not to be blinkered to this stuff. You need to educate yourself and understand that this was real. This did happen. And God forbid we don't have it happen uh, in, the, in the future. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I really have anything to add. Just the, the how easy, for want of a better word, it was for someone who is an ordinary person like you or I to be faced with a situation like that and have to go through with it for a sustained period of time. Um, that could happen to, to any of us at any time and how would we react was the point of the book obviously all the horrors and everything else that went with it but you know, that as a as an individual what would you have done and and how would you react and would you have been one of the ones I think there was like 10 people that stepped up out of the 400 said no I'm not going to do it or would you have been one of the ones who went I'll give it a go um yeah, yeah it's interesting but yeah obviously absolutely horrendous and let's hope that's nothing like this happens again yeah and i think on that note um we will end it so yes please 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 read it um and ignore anybody that you see on tiktok saying the holocaust didn't happen that is just absolute lunacy um point that book towards their way and ask them to read that so that's ordinary men um it's about reserve police battalion 101 and the final solution in uh poland but yeah no no happy silly sign offs this one um I hope you enjoyed it. As again, as always, I say at the end of these um, comments, feedback, anything else you want us to explore, um, we, you know, we, we, we won't shy away from any topics and, and we'll chat about it, but we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. So thank you from myself. Thank you from me. And have a great day, everyone. Bye.